0: Let's give a shout out to our everlasting Father that we put our hope in. Let's give a shout out to Him. The Bible says that when two or more are gathered, there He shall be. And we thank God that the Spirit of the Lord is here today, even up here with me right now. Um, it's truly an honor to be here and and serving in this capacity. Um, I know that this church takes the word of God very, very seriously. So it's a privilege to be here just talking to Jesus with you guys. It's really an honor. Um, I was just chatting with Pastor B earlier this morning, and he's out in Cali, you know, in the West Coast, complaining about being in Cali. He's complaining about the, you know, 80 degree weather, the, the beach, she's actually sick, He's not feeling too well, but his biggest complaint is actually that he misses all you guys, he misses his church family, and he wants to be back, so he is going to be back here next week, uh, but definitely keep him in prayer, um, but as you guys may know, I, I am an elder candidate at this church, um, thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much, um, I, uh, yeah, thank you, um, I really, really appreciate the support that I've been getting from you guys, uh, the prayers I've been getting from you guys. Um, uh, thank you that you guys hasn't haven't snitched on me yet and told something crazy to Pastor B about me. And I really appreciate that. But uh, if you need to, you can snitch if you must. Like, honesty is the best policy. Um, but um, yeah, <laughs> what? But this uh, eldership process has been has been really interesting very great experience. I've been learning so much. I've been meeting some tremendous uh, women and men of God, and I've been learning so much. And one of the key things that I've learned, uh, I learned about spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is not, you know, you praying from sun up to sundown. It's not about you just, you know, focusing on spiritual gifts. It's not about you just memorizing biblical uh, verses. It's it's about your dependency on the Lord. It's about your reliance on the Lord. It's about obedience to the Lord. And I really think that, Epiphany, we're, we're being called to spiritual maturity. You know, we've been growing three years. We, we're here. We thank God for those three years. But God is really calling us to level up in our devotion. He's, he's, he's calling us to, you know, we get saved and we meet Jesus, right? But he doesn't expect us to stay the same. You know, if we know Jesus to be the person that he is, we know that he is somebody that transforms. You can't meet Jesus and stay the same. So we 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 need to mature. Last week um, we heard a great sermon by Pastor Derek Parks. Um, he he talked about a persevering love. He talked about a, a, a persevering love that persevered beyond disrespect, that perseveres beyond mistreatment, that perseveres in sacrifice. Um, And I want to double down on love because that's what Jesus has called us to do. He's called us to be lovers. He said that they will know you are my followers by the way that you love. And the the Bible actually references love over 300 times. So I I think that God is trying to make a point here, you know. Um, So we're going to be reading from Hebrews uh, Hebrews 10, um, and it's it's very uh, you know the the title of our sermon today is is called it, spread love. It's the Christian way, and I and I kind of stole it from Biggie. Spread love. is the you know Brooklyn way. We kind of stole it from our capital campaign, but I really believe that it's true. It's we we spread love because it is the Christian way. It's something that Jesus has truly called us to do. So um, whenever you're ready, please open your Bibles to. Um, Hebrews ten twenty four, and the word of the Lord says, and let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in a habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews is a dense, very complex book of the Bible. And I'm just going to try to make it plain for you guys. I have three points. And the first point is love is difficult. Second point is we need to gather. And the third point is how Jesus helps us do both. So let us pray. Father God, it is me. It is me. It is me, O oh Lord, standing in need of prayer, Lord. Heavenly Father, we are desperately calling out to you. Like my brother Carlos says, we need you up in this place today, God. We need you. We need you to open hearts, oh Lord. We need you to open minds, oh Lord. We need to receive your word, O oh Lord. God, give us revelation in this place, God Almighty. Father, Holy Spirit, give us revelation, O oh Lord. Tell us what to do. Show us how to act, Lord. Ultimately, for our gro- gro- growth and for your glory, God. It's for your glory that we do anything, Lord. God, we... we we pray today for the body, O oh Lord, the body, the gathering of the body, O oh Lord, strengthen us, O oh Lord, as we mature, God, let the words out of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, to my mighty Father, in Jesus name I pray. Amen. 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 So, one thing uh you need to know about me is um I'm a guy that that really loves romance. I, I'm I'm Masculine enough to say that I I love romantic comedies, I love you know novellas, all that. Like I love that that the you know the butterfly feelings, that that infatuation. I like that, you know. Uh, I think it's because when I was growing up, I instead of watching like Lion King and Aladdin, I was watching things like Waiting to Exhale, <laughs> and like Love Jones and like Poetic Justice, you know. Why my parents allowed an eight-year-old to watch these type of movies? I don't know why. I don't. I don't really get it. But you know, I really love romance, and um, you know, they don't really make movies like they used to. Uh, but I try to keep up. Uh, I try to you know stay in tune with what's going on in the dating realm with like dating blogs and IG accounts, and you know, it. I, I just want to you know you know keep up, and what I've learned is that. It's, it's pretty hard for the single folk right now. It's like, yeah, dating is not what it used to be, you know. I, I, I thank God, almighty Father, that I've, she's graced me with this wonderful woman in front of me right now. I, 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 I'm very, that, that God has really blessed me with a beautiful wife, and um, I'm glad it happened at the time that it did, because i I don't know if, if I would be good on these dating apps because they're crazy. You know these <laughs> Tinders, the Bumbles, the Hinge, the the Coffee Meets Bagel Egg and Cheese, or whatever it's called. I don't, I don't know how it works. I don't know what it is, but I, I couldn't just, I couldn't imagine, you know, you know, a matching with A, you know, setting up a date with A, chatting with A, and then you come to the date and you meet Z. I, I just couldn't. I, I wouldn't, I could, I wouldn't be good at that. That's not what I would. I like, but for those who are, I know that there are success stories for for you know dating apps, and I and I and I know there's some in this church. But for those who are in that, who are single, we're praying for you. Like I know it's it's really hard, cause, cause I, I really do you know look at these dating apps and, the, and these dating um, you know these blogs, and I saw I saw this one account, I saw this one account where they they actually were really concerned they were really concerned with somebody that they met on a dating act. They said that um, the person had a pass, and they needed advice on what to do. The, this person, um, you know, I, I, we would call them um, a, a Tatiana, a, a high-level Tatiana, like the chief Thati, Tatiana, like he is a promiscuous guy and doesn't like monogamy, but he he met her and she she claims that He's changed. He said that he's changed. All in the name of love. Not like, not infatuation, but in the name of love. And she continued with this question. She said, how do we know that he is truly changed? That got me thinking. I, how, how do we know? How do we know that somebody has truly changed? I know... We as Christians, we 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 hope, we know that there is redemption. We know that things can come from old to new. If we don't believe that, we don't believe in Christianity, you know? But how do we know that there's a change in this specific situation? Do we know that there's a change because he's posting there on all the social medias, all the IG, Woman Crushed Wednesdays? Do we know by that? Do we know it by him taking her out on dates consistently? Do we know it by sending, the guy sending flowers all the time? I know, cheetahs send flowers too, right? (laughs) Cheetahs send flowers too, I know. But how do we honestly know? How, How do we know? In the same vein, I have another hypothetical question. Clearly, I like questions. How do we know that Christians have been transformed by the gospel? You know, generally, we know that an occurrence is changed in an individual by their fruit, by their actions, by the results in their lifestyle, but you, you, when, when you see fruit, you can't just say that you change, there has to be a change of heart, you have to see the change of heart. Genuine transformation comes from somebody's fruit. You know, Paul talks about it in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the manifestation that the Spirit is in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is proof that the Spirit is alive and active within us. And what are the fruit of the Spirit? It's, 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 it's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, it's self-controls. But the first one is love. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Jesus' message was a love message. And throughout his, um, his, his missionary um, time on, on earth in those three years, he talked about love and he commanded us to love. There was somebody that came up to him and he, they asked him, what is, the most what is the most important commandment? And his response was, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, and all your strength. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. But we have an issue. We as Christians are doing a pretty crappy job as loving. You know, we got one job. We got one job to love, and we're not doing the great we're not doing too great at it. it. And, you know, Pastor B said it two weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. He said that we are quick to call people out for external sin, like sexual sin, like anger, like violence. But yet we are unwilling to call people out about being unloving. It's crazy because the Bible tells us that love covers a, multiple, a multitude of sin. The Bible tells us that all the laws are fulfilled in one thing, in one law, that love your neighbor as yourself. So in my mind, the more that we love, the less that we would sin. But yet, we're, ab- we're not able to call people out for being unloving. We are allowing people to leave unloving. And Hebrews is a letter, and it's an exhortation. It's a, it's a letter of encouragement to people to, to move towards spiritual maturity and to move towards, to go beyond the elementary principles of, of the faith and just meeting and gathering. You good? <laughs> and, and move towards things like love to move t- towards things like deep community, we we don't know too much about the Hebrews. We don't know too much about um, the author Hebrews of or who wrote the letter. But we do know that they were facing deep persecution. We do know that they were they were it, were struggling. They were facing hardship, and the Bible actually tells us that um, they were immature. They were immature. It says it uh, in chapter. 5, verse 11, it says, I have a great deal to say about this, but it's difficult to explain since you become lazy to understand, mad shade, (laughs) although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again, (laughs) again, wow, Um, you need milk, not solid food. Now, anyone who lives on milk is unexperienced with the message about righteousness, but he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have since haven't been trained to distinguish between good and evil. The, the is calling them spiritual infants, and what we know about spiritual infants, they're concerned about self rather than service, and they're concerned about argument over action and they they concerned about how they look in front of people and not how they look towards God you know and and when we gauge ourselves when we look inward and we look at epiphany we've been together for 3 years as a church body we know that you know where, do, where does that make us 3 years that makes us probably like a a toddler or something like that yeah toddler and, and what, what do we know about toddlers? Toddlers grow really rapidly. They, they, they uh, you know, run out of clothes. They, they, they grow out of their clothes. They grow out of their cribs. And I pray that we grow out of this crib and get to a new crib in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen. You know, but what we know about toddlers is they're disobedient. Really, parents know what's up. <laughs> parents know what's up. We know that they're disobedient. We know that they, they try to do things beyond their capability. They don't have the capability for it. We, what we know is their favorite word is no. Yeah. No. But, but what we, what we know about, about toddlers is the way that they learn is they become imitators of their parents. And in the same vein, us being children of God, we need to mature and we need to become imitators of the love that God has given to us. But let's keep it real. I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it a buck. Like it's hard to love. It's difficult to love. We go back to the text in 24 it says, "Let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good work." Again, Jesus says that they will know you are my follower by your love and you know the you know just Thinking back on, on Hebrews, the, the people in Hebrews, they were really facing persecution. They were really, you know, being, um, you know, attacked for being Christians. And it did make them fall back. It didn't make them not being, want to, to gather or not want to, uh, you know, uh, be in their teaching. But I could, you could kind of understand that, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's hard to be loving when you're going through something, am I am I talking to somebody? <laughs> am I talking to somebody? It's hard to do that. And and although we don't face like upfront persecution, our culture is being persecuted emotionally. We are living in a culture where depression and suicide at an all-time high. We are living in a culture where every Christian value is getting pushed back. We're in a, we we is being encouraged to throw shade. We're being encouraged that nice guys finish last. Dishonesty is actually the best policy in our culture. And to be 100% honest, to take off my cap, my Christian crap, my, 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 my church cap, it's, it's really, really tough. Like it takes sacrifice, it takes energy, it takes effort, it takes sensitivity, it takes vulnerability. It's really difficult to love a world that's unloving. It's really difficult to love a world full of sinners. So I get it, I understand that. People are terrible. People are broken. She has a bad attitude. She, he takes advantage of people. She's annoying. He's a big liar. He's socially awkward. She has a bad smell. Nah, that matters. It's hard to love somebody that smells bad, I don't know. <laughs> for me, for me. The brokenness of man makes it hard for us to love, but we also have this this uh this disposition for ourselves. We are broken. We are broken. We have a past. We've been hurt in the past. We've been cheated on. We've been deceived, we've been played out, we've been embarrassed, we've been harassed, we've been betrayed. So what do we do? We tighten up. You know, I understand we've we've been to in these situations where it's easy to shut down. And And we as humans, especially people in New York and you know, I'm Jersey, but New York, we we understand what what um, this is that we have a preservation mentality. It's like we we, we wanna be secure and we, we wanna be safe, we don't gamble and we stay away from suffering. We have defense mechanisms. We have tactics and mind games to leverage people, you know, have leverage over people. And we want to be wise with our emotions. However, sometimes these tactics, these things, they box us in and they enslave us. And we have these strongholds that, that are created to protect us from loving. C.S. Lewis, he says, he talks about vulnerability. He says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. That's kinda deep. Wrap it carefully around hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglement, lock it up in a safe, in a casket or a coffin of your selfishness. But the casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change you. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, unredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. So, we know that What what staying away from love does, how it hardens us. But we know how painful and how hard it is to love. So, like, how do we reconcile this? What do we do? How do we do this? What we do, who who we go to is Jesus. Jesus says, for freedom, I have set you free. And not free to chase security. Not free to be in our feelings. Not free to defend to create defense mechanisms, but freedom to love. And who the son sets free, he is free indeed. You know, Epiphany Church, I I really, I really, really want you to know the same power and the same victory and the same love that resulted in your salvation. We have that same power, that same love, that same victory, and we have access to break down our barriers in regards to love. We really do. But the problem is we don't trust God with it we don't we don't we trust god with the security of our salvation but we don't trust god with the here and now we we let you know we cannot be believers that believe that god can save our souls and not our hearts That's good. <laughs> so we are being called we're being called to lead for for the spirit to lead us where our trust is without borders but question is are are you willing to go? Are you willing to go? Are we willing to hit that level of maturity where we are willing to be obedient when it hurts? First John, John 4, he talks about, he talks about love and, and how we should love and where our, our source of love and where it comes from. In John 13, it says, this is how we know that we remain in him and he is in us. He has given us his spirit. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and we have testified that the Father has sent the Son as the world's Savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. Verse 16, we have come to know, to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God. And it goes down to verse 18. It says, there is no Fear and love, instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. The love we love because he has loved us first. If anyone says, I, do, I love God, yet he hates his brother and sister, he's a liar. For that person does not love his brother and his sister who he has seen And he cannot say that he loves God whom he hasn't seen. And we have this commandment from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. We have this command. We have this command that we have to love our brothers and sisters. But we also have God abiding in us. We have his spirit abiding in us. If you believe that you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit within you. And it's not you who loves, it's the spirit that loves on your behalf. And if you believe that you have salvation, you can believe that you can love. You can believe it. We can believe it. Trust the Lord. He's faithful to help us overcome. If we're not trusting the Lord, if, if, we, if we are trusting the Lord with everything except our love, then we're not trusting the Lord at all. Again, surpassing the elementary principles of our faith, the Bible reading and the, you know, coming to church ever so often, let's mature, let's level up and move towards love. God has given us the spirit to, to love, and he, he is our strength in that weakness. This weak area that we have as Christians, he is our strength. And so let's go back to to the the text again. Um it talks about the first couple of words it says it says let us watch out for one another. That's a reference to community accountability. We need to Be accountable to love one another. That's what we're being called for. We're we're being called to to love one another and to gather. We need to be checked. We need, there's been a call to check. I hate being checked, but my wife checks me all the time. (laughs) I don't like it, but I need it. I need it. I'm not perfect. Nobody is. The only person that was perfect was Jesus Christ, and he had community. What makes us think that we cannot be in community? It's crazy. Like, we need accountability. When I was young, my parents, they, they um, allowed us to ride bikes outside. That was the only thing that we were able to do as kids. My parents were really strict. They weren't strict with movies, clearly, but they were really strict <laughs> with everything else. And they were really strict, and they, they would only allow us to ride bikes around the, the block. And their rule was, they had to, we had to ride with our brothers and sisters. And their rationale was, if one falls, the other person would be able to help them or call for an emergency. And it's the same way with our Christian walk. We cannot be in isolation because if we fall in isolation, who is there to pick us up? Who is there to pick us up? We cannot, you know, the Bible pushes against isolation. Proverbs 18, 1, who who isolates himself goes against all sound wisdom and pursues selfish desires. Even God says to Adam, it is not good for man to be alone. <laughs> we can't. We can't. Let's, let's continue. Um, go to verse 25. Not neglecting to gather together as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other all the more as you see the day approaching. In the HBC, it actually says, not staying away from our worship meeting as some, as you, as some of you habitually do. That's mad spicy, <laughs> mad spicy. Like, whoever the writer is, is, is pointing out somebody specific, like, some of you, some of you are in the habit of doing, and you know he the the writer is is re- rebuking. Is rebuking the neglect of gathering. We need each other. We need each other. We we must be around each other. And um, I'm I'm gonna end with this. So when I when I was younger, before I got my current job, I wanted to be an occupational therapist. Um, I wanted to be occupa- people like who what is the occupational therapist like who wants to be occupational? I wanted to be an occupational therapist, you know what I mean but um i I wanted to be an occupational therapist because you know it had a portion of rehab and it also had a a psychological portion like you were able to motivate and encourage patients and it and it was very like rewarding so what I did is i I worked at my my cancer hospital and I worked in the rehab department, and they, they explained the difference between. Physical therapy and occupational therapy. Physical therapy, what it did is it worked on a specific, like, muscle or a specific area to strengthen it. But what occupational therapy does is it works on a specific function. And what that function, you know, with with that, that's so, like rewarding because you help somebody progress. And with cancer patients, they they do these things called like radiation therapy. And with radiation therapy, they hit specific like lymph nodes and it it, attacks the cancer. But what it does, it also hardens the skin and makes it hard and tough. And they call it fibrosis. And what the occupational therapist does is helps them um, get back to what they you know once they've treated once they've you know gotten the cancer away they, they help them get back to the function of what they were doing if it's a chef they help them you know with their wrist get, getting back that flick of the wrist when when it, if it was a mother holding a baby they would be able to strengthen the arm so they can hold that baby again and what, again patients would would be really 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 um you know, the therapist would be really hard on the patients because, you know, it it would really hurt. The skin is hard. So to get that range of motion, that dexterity, they had to do massages, they had to do exercises, and it hurt, and it was really tough, and it was something that, you know, they had to push the patients to do. And what, what happens is after a while, the muscle would get softer, and the range of motion would increase, and they would be able to reach out to do the function that they were able to do. And with our walk with Jesus Christ, with our walk with Jesus Christ, what we're able to do, he's able to take what is callous, take our hearts, and he's able to soften it up. He's able to soften it up. And when he does, when he softens up, he allows us to reach out to our community to do the function that he called us to do, and our function is to love. We're able to love because of Jesus and only by the power of Jesus. If we don't have Jesus, we don't have perfect love. We don't. So, functionally, what does this look like? Functionally, what does loving look like? Loving looks like praying first for yourself. Praying for yourself that that God softens your heart. I I had a meeting a couple weeks ago, and I was going to meeting. I knew I didn't like those people. I knew. I was, these people, I just, I'm not even going to say anything about the people, but like I knew I didn't like those people. So what I did was I prayed right before I went in. I prayed. So instead of the attitude that I was going to show, I prayed that they would see the the, the light of God in me. You pray for your heart to change and God has the ability to do it. God does. The second thing, it is to pray for one another. They talked about, they said, provoking each other in love. In, in ESV, it says stirring up. Nothing stirs up more than praying for somebody. Praying, actually praying for somebody, their prayer requests, you guys praying together and requesting onto the Lord is like you guys are vested in the same thing and you are participant, you are, um, you are pleading on behalf of you know, this person to the Lord. There's nothing that creates closeness than prayer. Pray for one another. Ask somebody today, how can you pray for them? And and lastly, we know that love is sacrificial. We want you to serve your body, serve the church. And I'm not talking about the church. I'm not talking about these four walls. I'm talking about the body. The church is not. Pastor B, the church is not Gabe, the church is not the worship team, the church is you, and 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 you, gonna, all right, I'm I'm, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, no, but we really need to pray for one another, and this is how, these are the fruits, these are the receipts that we know that we're loving the way that Jesus wants us to to love. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a close it up here. I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time. So I'm going to pray. Father God, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory for your word, oh Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus to help us to love God. You've called us to do something. And I know you wouldn't allow us and call us to do something that we cannot do, O oh Lord, through you, O oh Lord. You would never give us something that we can't bear, O oh Lord, O oh Lord. And you called us to love the body. You have called us to love the body. God, make it practical for us. Give us revelation. Lord, allow us to take action. Oh Lord, we, we have the Holy Spirit within us, O oh Lord, and there are people that are grieving, O oh Lord. And our spirit is grieving as well, O oh Lord. Although we may on the outside seem cool and calm and confident. There are people that are grieving. And there's people that don't even know that they're grieving. They don't, there's people that don't even know that they're broken. Lord, we need each other to love. We need each other to love. God, Almighty Father, you have the power, O Lord, to allow us to love the way that you want us to. And we just ask for it now. And we pray for our maturity, O Lord, that we will rely solely on you. That we will rely solely on you, O Lord, that we will be obedient to you, O Lord. God, help us. We need you, Lord. Show us how. Make it real, make it practical for us, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen, amen.